Welcome to the Going Beyond Podcast. I'm Randy Zinn. I'm an entrepreneur, wellness expert, author, and the founder of the Going Beyond Movement. I'm constantly exploring how individuals can make the most impact on a daily basis. And here's what I've learned. Your life is part of the change we want to see in the world. Your life is the movement. The work you do is that drop that causes that ripple effect of positivity. Let today's episode be part of your daily contribution toward change. The investment you make in yourself, let it be the fuel you need to go beyond. Hey, Going Beyond podcast listeners. I'm thrilled you're here as always. Welcome to a very unique episode. And I'm hopping on to tell you a little bit about it from my own words. So if you follow me and you have known about my work for the past few years, you will know that there's nothing I love more than an in-person event. Randy's in hashtag IRT in real time. That is my jam. I always wanted to bring people together in my prior work events, workouts, wellness retreats. There's nothing I love more than being with people. So you can imagine that pandemic lockdown has been weird for me. While I have gone more digital and I'm actually going even more digital in the future, I miss being with people. I love the feeling of meeting new people, having great conversations, and partnering with my friends and collaborators. I'm proud to say that over the years, I have built a network of amazing female wellness entrepreneurs, you know, leaders in their fields. And there's nothing I love more than collaboration with these people. So you can imagine that when my friend Nikki Osterwer from Now Wellness and Deb Ross and Michelle Zipper from the Well Center in Armonk, New York, approached me and said, we want to have a wellness pop-up to give back to moms. I said, count me in. And what we began to shape, and this started, basically the conversation started in the beginning of September, we started to shape an event that reflected the moment of time that we're in. We knew we had to be outside. We knew we needed spaciousness, so not too many people at once. But we also knew that if people could adhere to you know, the basic rules of safety, that women are also craving togetherness tuning into their health, tuning into their community. We knew that this was a need also because we also felt that need personally and professionally. So we set to doing it. We brought together some other friends and partners, Jen Gom of Sam and Maddie Makeup, Penny Goffman of Jolie Gautique. I'm dropping some names here so that you guys are going to you know, see who was involved. And well, It was just like a magical day, you guys. It was sunshiny, fall, gorgeous, crisp day. Michelle hosted at her gorgeous home in her beautiful backyard. I posted pictures on my Instagram stories of that day. If any of you follow me, you might have seen this. And everybody kind of set up their products and services and connected. And the people that showed up were fantastic, such wonderful women. And you might be wondering, what did I do there? (laughs) So I decided to try something that I've always wanted to do. You guys know I love my podcast. I love to tell stories. I love to connect with people. And my basic feeling is that storytelling is therapeutic. It is a way to open up. It's a way to share what you've learned. It's a way of being seen. And in the end, we all want to be seen. And it's also a way of kind of coming to terms with something maybe that you haven't really opened up about yet. I notice that when people tell their stories, it's like new revelations happen just in the telling. So, okay, so that's my thesis. And I decided that if this was a wellness event and there was, you know, these smallish group of women coming and they were being provided wellness tools, then I could provide another wellness tool, which is a way to briefly talk about their stories in the past few months during pandemic times and to talk about their successes, their failures, their concerns, 
and their intentions for what's coming next. I kind of imagined it being a live event podcast recording. So I decided to give it a try. And today's episode are those stories. So I basically set up this cute little spot. um, And I'm sure as we promote this episode, we're going to show you pictures of that. So you'll see what it looks like. And women just kind of kept circulating through and sitting down with me. And we had these mini conversations and therapy sessions. And what was beautiful was hearing uh, where women have found really unique modes of success? What have they figured out along the way? And I think that some of these revelations will help you listeners to find some of your own tools and resources to getting through tough moments. You'll also hear, as I did, a lot of common themes, a lot of people getting back to basics, turning their mindset back to what's most important. You'll also hear a lot of similar anxieties and grief and worries, the kinds of stuff that we're all worrying about right now. And then so great to hear the intentions that people are setting forth to do things stronger, better, more deliberately, even during hard times. So I also just want to say out loud, because I'm always very sensitive to people's perceptions and how people feel, people are listening. This is one group of women from one particular town. All of these women admittedly, and would say this for themselves, um, live a very blessed life. They are surrounded by their loved ones. They have roofs over their heads, food to eat. So I am distinctly sharing the stories of women in that demographic. And I recognize this is representative of only one community of women. And with that said, every kind of woman, every group of women deserves to share their sorrow, share their excitement, share their worries. Everybody has a story to tell and we can gain from compassionately listening to one another's experiences. One of my goals in this next iteration of my brand is to encourage people to do deep listening and authentic sharing. And that's definitely what these conversations were, and it's how I hope you will listen. So this episode is exciting to me. I really found so much joy in connecting with these women And cutting this episode together, it's kind of like a collage of voices. And I really hope that you enjoy this. And I'm curious what it's going to inspire you to do. Is it going to inspire you to somehow tell your story, to listen more deeply to the stories of others? I hope so. Feel free to reach out to me. Tell me what you think. And I actually really want to do more conversations like these. I think it's really special to weave women's voices together. If you haven't already, subscribe to this podcast. And if you do subscribe and you haven't yet left a five-star rating or a review, please do so. These are the ways the podcast grows and gets its eyeballs and its ears. So if you're a fan, please support on Apple iTunes or any of the other feeds that you listen to. I'm really thrilled you're here, and I really wish you guys a beautiful day and a sense of ease and connection as you listen to these amazing stories woven together. I'm Jenny Benaroff. I am the chef and owner of the Balabusta Chef, a company that, among many things, especially in this pandemic, as I've pivoted, essentially is a cooking class company business. And I am the mother of... I think that I'm crying because all we've done in the last six months is mother... I'm mothering my kids, I'm mothering myself, I'm mothering my husband, and it's just taken a lot out of me, and I worry for my kids, so I think just the acknowledgement when you asked me about my children just felt so deeply raw at this moment, at a time when, you know, pre-COVID, my identity was thrown out all over, right? It was in my job. It was in my relationship. It was 
my connection to my extended family and my friends in the community. Being a cooking instructor, I really, I've become friends with almost everybody I've ever had as a client, which is the gift of all gifts of my career. Um, And I think that COVID just all those things kind of went away and the focus was my children. (laughs) So for some reason, that question, even as simple as it was, just felt really loaded. Anyway, my children are Noah, 13. She is in eighth grade. Levin is 10 and a half. He's in fifth grade. And I live in Armok, mostly in my house (laughs) lately. So So, talking about your being a mom to your two kids and all of the emotion and effort and energy that siphoned into them. I'm imagining that wound up in probably that you're also very proud of, but also so much challenge. Um, I'm imagining, I'm fighting. Yeah. But feel free to elaborate on like, where you feel you've grown, what you feel has expanded, as well as what's been really hard. Yeah, I mean, I think that as far as growth, really what's important in life has just risen to the top and that's family and how we cope with anxiety, right? And there's a lot of fear and anxiety in this world and in our house and with school and friendships and finances and whatever. And I think that we have really leaned on each other in our house, even though my kids are not, you know, they're not particularly old at 10 and 13, but I'm very proud of them for accessing their emotions and being, their maturity levels have risen. We're like, we're very honest with them, everything that's going on in the world politically and with the pandemic. And I think that we've all just become really in touch with our feelings and emotions and we have each other to lean on and really an open line of communication. And I'm really proud of them. And they get the seriousness of what's going on. And I'm proud of them. We've come very close. That's amazing. And the challenges. There's many. There's many. I mean, for us, I think part of the biggest challenge was my husband has diabetes. And so from the beginning, we took it very seriously. And we really closed down our interaction with everybody and not everyone that we're friends with did that. And that was really challenging to be different. And as an adult that has never bothered me, I know that's harder for kids, but this time this did bother me only in the way that, you know, I felt really disconnected from some of my closest friends with the inability to see them, hug them, touch them, like have really powerful meaningful connections in person and some of them were still doing that and we opted out and that was tough that was a disconnection and in the midst of all that in my group of friends we lost we lost one of our closest friends very suddenly and to experience that loss while feeling so disconnected was very challenging so that's been hard I never, it's like so many layers of grief at once. Yeah. Yeah. I understand. Yeah. What is an intention you're setting for what feels like this next phase? I'm trying to be present and calm and centered and available for my kids, for myself, for my husband. No, no. I think. You know, in the beginning of this, I just had so much optimism, like we're going to power through, head down, power through, we'll get through it, we'll get through it. And now it's like, okay, we're in it and we could be in it for a while. So I want to make sure that we honor all of our emotions through it and we come out the other side better and proud of the way we handled it and stronger and more of a unit. So I have, I think in order to get through it we have to go through it so i just want to do that mindfully thank you hi my name is felicia i live in armonk i am the mom of two teenage daughters 14 and 16 and the proud mama of two perfect furry children 
What do you do? I work part-time for a family business. I am a full-time mommy, and I'm probably ready to smash my head through double-pane glass. Probably feeling the frustration of many, but this is not something new for me. I miss using my head in a different way and being creative and trying to figure that out. I get it. So why don't we talk first about some of the challenges? I feel like that's here. Mm-hmm. What has been really hard, um, particular? What's been like kind of like the thorns in the side like during this very difficult time? We know why this time is difficult, but mm-hmm. what for you has really been present? I think when we were when it first went down and we were in full on lockdown mode in the queue, as I obnoxiously call it. At first, I think no one knew what to expect. It was scary. I am the biggest germaphobe known to mankind, except I will suck face with my dogs. So I'm the one walking around with the, you know, wet ones, antibacterial, you know, canisters. I would travel like that. And I was pretty calm. I was talking people down off the ledge because originally the way it was portrayed, it was like the flu. And then when we went into full on lockdown mode and it was this surreal, something like out of a bad movie, it was really scary. And I think trying I'm not great with change. So I think this complete unknown and me keeping it together was nothing short of a miracle. Not to say that there haven't been struggles or moments or days that were better or worse than others, but just trying to stay neutral and calm and trying to be there for my children and not let them get freaked out. Very much so. That and not being, you know, completely depressed and anxious 24-7. Again, some days and some moments were better than others, but yeah. It sounds like what you're describing is kind of like, and I'm hearing from a lot of people I talk to, is where like the challenge and the successes are really kind of, I'm almost like seeing like an ice cream machine where it like swirls together. Mm-hmm. Like it is. Kind of I like, like that, that analogy. Yeah, it's kind of like that because you can say it was so hard for me to stay calm and be present for my kids, mm-hmm. but then you did, or you are to the best of my abilities. Yes, exactly. I have my moments, but yeah. So, what have the good accomplished moments looked like for you when you're like Felicia? You, you did it. You got this. I mean, I don't know if I. I'm fully, I don't know if my personality ever fully allows myself to say, I got this. I have moments of, yeah, I got this. Mm-hmm. But I think it ebbs and flows. And I think trying to, I think just as much normalcy as possible, it's also helped hugely when we're not in the full blown lockdown mode. But, you know, it's been challenging for everyone. And then, I mean, it remains to be seen what's going to happen. Right, which is such an unknown and so much anxiety lives there for all of us. Yeah. And I think I've always been the person, even when I wasn't still in school, that end of August, beginning of September, while the weather is usually perfect and gorgeous, I would feel a little anxious. Is that just before school's about to start feeling, even if, you know, I'd been out of school for a gazillion years and that mixed with the restrictions we're still under. And I'm not going to lie, if I think past a day or two, what could be as it starts getting dark earlier, starts getting cold, and, you know, what's going to happen? And it's just, I know for me that I can spiral and it's like trying to catch myself and not go there. It's scary. I mean, we're all anticipating that and feeling that. It's a collective feeling, I think, most of us. And it's, I mean, even if, you know, someone speaks to a professional or whatever, no one's got the answers. And it's like, there's not much anyone can do or say, unfortunately, to fix it or make it better. And it's just hopefully a moment in time, hopefully something that we will all learn from and be better 
looked for. Yeah. What's your intention going into this period of time? This next phase of whatever our normal is. Honestly, and this is hard for me because I can overthink everything and it's hard for me to shut my brain off like at night is literally to try not to think too far ahead and just, you know, try to enjoy the little things, which I think that's also, I've never been the person that has needed these reminders from the universe about how fortunate I am, how many wonderful things and lots of things are champagne problems. I get that. I didn't need this, you know, surreal universe to happen to tell me that i know you didn't really ask me this question but it's still it's always in the back of my head something that bothers me very much is look i understand people are afraid i understand the frustration and the loss and the uncertainty i've been blown away while there have been a lot of great things and happy stories and amongst all the tragic ones, but that people have not learned to be kinder and gentler to one another. And it blows my mind, not to say that I don't get pissy or in a mood or whatever, but I mean, I've seen things like in parking lots that I'm like blown away. It's like, take a breath and just look at what everyone is dealing with. Like, have we not learned our lessons? It's such an important question. And thank you for posing it. Thank you. Hi, I'm Deb Ross. I'm the owner of the Well Center in Armonk, New York. I've been a acupuncturist and an herbalist for 15 years. And I have two young girls who are almost nine and almost six. And that's kind of who I am right now. Tell us a little bit about some of the growth, the achievements, um, the places that have like really strengthened during this crazy time. Yeah, I think the biggest thing is professionally for me was the Well Center was this baby that my business partner Michelle and I had created and we were only open five months when quarantine kind of took place. And we had to dig really deep. It was both an opportunity And it was scary. It was both. You know, we really, we worked with a business and spiritual mentor and really asked really tough questions of ourselves. And there was definitely a moment for sure that I was like, we're good. I don't want to do this anymore. It feels like a lot of effort. I don't see through this. If we end now, I feel like less of a failure because it's quarantine. Maybe we just get out now, which felt like an old kind of, um, growth pattern of mine. Like I can't fail, but this is a great excuse if I need to fail. And I noticed that I was hooking into that a little bit. And then we kind of pushed through and we asked really hard questions. Like I said, like what was working, what was not working. We worked really clear on our communication, like how we really both function as business partners and people who are really, really close friends. And we got through it and decided to come out and stay open and refocus on family well-being. This is such a family community and really offer things both for every person in the family instead of just adult healing, we really started to pivot towards the kids. That was a big thing, was just constantly pivoting. So backyard classes for kids, bringing in yoga and wellness people, martial arts experts, just people who work with kids in the wellness space. That's been a a huge one for us and it's been really successful, which is great. And then for us was once we got clear, everything kind of fell into place. New healers and practitioners came into our space that really kind of rounded out what our goal were as a family wellness space and things just started really manifesting in one of those ways that you're like, oh, so when you actually go through it a little bit and dig around and get both scared and clear, like things happen. And then they sometimes happen fast where like, you're like, wow, now this is happening. So that's been really beautiful. Mm, I love that. Yeah. You kind of like push through old patterns oh, yeah. and years and then you kind of watch when things click together. Yeah. And we sat in it. It wasn't like, no. And then like, okay. It's like I sat in the like, you know what? I just want to work for myself again. And it was easier that way. And all those kind of like, how do I make it simple? But it, 
was it really what my heart wanted? It was just more almost the easy route versus like, what am I afraid of? Oh, well, what happens if, you know, there's all these unanswered things that we don't know right now. We won't know for a couple of years, which is like, well, we're going to quarantine again. And we have to like stop a physical retail space or a wellness space again, then what? But we wouldn't allow that to like stop us from the now, which was the biggest push. Because if you keep on living in this anxious space of what if X, Y, and Z happens and there's all these statistics and probabilities and you can just get swirled in that chaos of no one knows, then you're not living. And the other thing that I took away just on a personal level during quarantine, during all of this, as we're making hard decisions personally for our family, do you send your kid back to school? Do you, you know, keep them home and just honoring what's best within your own dynamics was really just being super clear that life is still happening, right? Everyone's like, when we return and I'm triggered by that, it's not a return. There's nothing to return to. This is the moment. It's a really challenging global moment for all of us. There's no return. And I don't mean that negatively. I mean that and boldly step into your life and live it and love it and feel it because there's no going back. We're only moving forward into whatever this is. It just happens to feel really mucky because there's things that we're navigating through that we've never done. And no one can tell you clear cut what is right. And that is highly uncomfortable. That's amazing. And I agree. Yeah. My son is always like, I miss my old life. Yeah. And I say, honey, there's no old life. No new life. Yeah. Just your life. Yeah. Yes. That's advice for all of us. Yes. We just have to be into it and do the most with it. And it's like that attachment to like this past. It's important to honor it and maybe mourn it and have some grief around it a little bit, but also look for the blessings and the lessons and what I'm so glad that I got cracked open because that way of being that was just happening so quickly allowed this full stop of evaluation so that you now like as things are morphing and you're figuring out what works, you can say, okay, I'm not going back where I was overscheduled and saying yes to everything. And I don't need to be there. And I'm really happy just connecting with these people and living a more simpler life instead of like involved in all the other stuff. Like how do you keep that quiet? So you're really clear. What's been a huge challenge and still feels like a challenge right now. I think it's like everyone else. It's like, so, okay, what is winter going to look like? You know, when we lose the opportunity to really be outside in the ways that we've really come accustomed to. I definitely have some like, I'm a little nervous about that. I kind of just, I'm in awe of our children and their resiliency to just go with whatever is presented to them. We come with all of our like little attachments and maybe ancient lineage of like this looks a certain way or it's triggering in a certain way. And they're just going back to school and I'm so proud of them. They're like thriving and they're happy and I love them doing homework and letting their brains be learning because I discovered that I'm decent parent, but a not decent teachers and I don't have patience to teach that way. And that was a great lesson. It was like, I'm not like, I love our teachers. Thank you so much, but I'm not meant to sit at a table and virtually you navigate that with my kids. That was a low point. Okay. You know, it, it was the low point. I was like, stop machining. I was like, Ugh. I was like, you have to get up. It's nine oh one. I know it's like crazy. You're like, I know what. Put on this Zoom. And they're like, I don't want. I don't want. I was like, I don't want to either. Right. Yes. I'm not happy either. <laughs> totally. Oh my god. So bad. Oh, it's so bad. It was. I mean, talk about lesson learned. I was like, I thought I would like this. I'm pretty patient. I have like really high threshold for that. And then like when it came to like virtual learning, I was like, nope. No, my huge fear is that we have to go back to that. And I don't yeah. have post-traumatic I, stress disorder. A hundred percent. Yeah. Like, I mean, that's the winter fear. That's the yeah. undercurrent of that, which is yeah. like, and then it's dark at five right. and we're stuck virtually. Yeah. And 
what are we just going to be taking baths all the time? Like it's time for like water play. I mean, I don't know. I know. I mean, we do. We figured it out. We'll figure it out. I'm thinking of investing in those like metal contraptions that you put on your shoes with like claws that you can. Oh, like, like, yeah. Yeah. Ice clampers. (laughs) Yeah. You pretend you're like climbing a tree. Yeah. You're just going to go snow snowshoeing. Snowshoeing. (laughs) Snowshoes. Okay. Um, Deb, what's, one solid intention you have for this next wave, no matter what it brings, yeah. five o'clock. I think, yeah, unknown. I'm better at self care. That word is so loaded, and I like. I don't know what a better way to really articulate it, which is, if I find myself having thirty minutes with nothing to do, to not feel like I have to fill it in with something that it can be a gift of space in which a lot of us don't have right now, physical space, emotional space, all the spaces and to allow myself to do whatever I want in that instead of feeling guilty that I'm not doing. And I hate that feeling that I am not deserving of 30 minutes to be disconnected from all the have tos that are put on us as moms, as women, as humans. And I'm working on how to desensitize that because that's obviously another pattern in my life that I'm recognizing. I'm really trying to like embrace it with ease and that will be my goal. So me too. Yeah. <laughs> Call you on the downside. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Thanks, Thanks, I love you. Love you. My name is Rachel Vega. I am a managing director at a boutique marketing agency, and I'm also a mom. Who are you a mom to? I'm a mom to two beautiful little girls. I have an eight-year-old and a two-and-a-half-year-old. So you're nice and busy. I am busy. And we just actually have a new toddler, a little puppy that we got. So I have three girls now. That's amazing. <laughs> so tell us, Rachel, like, in no particular order, a little bit about where you found your strength and where are you most proud of the parts of yourself that have really elevated during these wild months. Mm. I think the pandemic has brought out in me just the ability to be flexible and just go with the flow, which is not necessary. I'm a planner and I love to have everything organized and I love to know what's coming next in these last few months, just not knowing from week to week and having to completely redo my life in the last six months and do that and do it. I actually just do it. I think I'm proud of myself for doing it, you know, and taking really big decisions for our family, for our safety, for the future and just, you know, not planning ahead. So, you know, we didn't, I did not expect any of the decisions we've had to make, but just doing them and rallying and coming together with as you know a couple, as a family and our community. So I would say that's probably what I'm most proud of because it's not been easy, but we've done it. <laughs> um, and so what's been hard? Well, I think it's connected to that, you know, <laughs> but it has been hard to, I think, go through some decisions. the big decisions for us was, you know, we had our lives in New York City for the last 12 years and a school that we adored and a community of neighbors that we loved and a church community that we loved and our work and our commutes and everything was just, you know, what we're used to. And we had to let all of that go. And we've moved out of the city and we have moved you know, into just a completely different lifestyle, working from home, homeschooling, different, you know, all different types of, you know, um, routines. So what's been hard has just trying to settle into just what it is now and kind of feeling forced into it, you know, and not, it wasn't my plan. It just was a plan and accepting that and just accepting and saying, you know, that's okay. And if it wasn't my plan, if it was supposed to be, it's supposed to be. And I have to grieve what I miss and I have to let go and not, and, you know, and kind of grieving was part of, part of grieving is being angry that like we had, you know, this all like the rug was pulled under our, you know, our feet. And all of our, I would say 90% of our friends in the city left and left to like other states and other, like basically just left. I think that's what's been hard is letting ourselves grieve, letting myself, watching my children having to grieve. 
and walking them through it. I want them to be happy. I want them to be happy all the time. I don't want them to see me unhappy. And realizing that process of this is actually part of it is being sad. Part of actually coming to the joy on the other side and saying, this is awesome. Like we love what we have right now, but it's actually being sad and watching my daughters go through that. I would say my oldest, you know, the two-year-old's kind of just there, you know, she's just, you know, love and life. But the eight-year-old, you know, just really being able to let her be sad and say that that's okay too. And show her that I've been sad too. It's so hard because I just, I catch myself just being like, well, it's going to be great. And you know, this is all the positive and you know, I'm just trying to make it all better and all great and you know make her excited about homeschooling and you know she wasn't you know and I actually had to let her be you know work through that to the point now she loves it and we're having a fun time but you know it's been bumpy so I would say just embracing those bumps not trying to make them what they aren't but you know working through it so we can get through it good over them so I can really relate to everything you just said Mm. what would be an intention you have going into this next phase um, I think there is a lot of concern about what this next period is going to look like and we're all walking around with that so what, what's an intention you have for it to go well for yourself what a good question I do have a lot of concerns <laughs> like everybody an intention would be I need to know how to set up good boundaries, healthy boundaries. I need to know how to say no. I need to know how to say, I can't do this. I need help. You know, we need to change something. It's not working, you know, in setting up boundaries for my own self. I don't think I've taken care of myself as well. I should have the last six months, just putting everybody, every other need above mine. So I think my intention is to not forget my own needs and take care of myself so that I can do a better job taking care of others. And part of that is just setting up you know, my own boundaries. Yeah, that's really important. I'm glad you missed that. Thank you. If you're enjoying the Going Beyond podcast, consider subscribing so you never miss an episode. When you subscribe, our weekly episode arrives right onto your device on whichever platform you've subscribed from. We also appreciate five-star ratings and reviews. Thanks so much for your support, friends. We're so glad you're hanging with us. Hi, I'm Lindsay Brooke Weiss. My handle where you can find me is Coco in Cashmere. And I'm a personal stylist and I am a blogger, a lifestyle blogger with a focus on fashion. I'm so happy to meet you. So happy to meet you too. So Lindsay, tell us a little bit about, you can start wherever you want, wherever you feel called to start, whether it's in the space of challenge and difficulty and like pain points during this period of time. Or in the places that you really are feeling really connected with yourself and like very focused and very proud. And sometimes they kind of swirl together. So go ahead. Okay. I would say, I guess I'll start with proud. Proud would be kind of, I guess, especially when you're like in the heart of it in like March, April, May, like having a routine for myself and for my family. I'm sure you in the whole wellness and whatever mental space every morning, I basically did a work like a Pilates type workout. And that was like a non-negotiable for me. So that kind of like shifted my headspace and put me in like the right direction to be a teacher to both my kids. I have a five-year-old and an eight-year-old and then also do my job. And one of the hardest things I would say during this is I was normally in people's apartments and homes, personally styling them, going through their closets, editing their wardrobe, curating things, packing them up for vacation, styling, doing what I do. And that had to like really pivot. I know everybody's using the word pivot, but it's true. So I kind of had to like look inward and especially on Instagram, everybody's connecting on Instagram. So I was really and still am focusing on building up that whole community. And I was just been connecting with a lot of people and connecting with brands and collaborations that have been going on. So still on the fashion front, but I'm, I guess, proud in that way where I kind of had to pivot into that sort of, you know, role because I'm not in people's homes. I have started to go back, but not in the capacity I was before. What skills do you feel like you used like, from within help you kind of? I think honestly, having to be flexible and I'm like a rigid person, I guess, and like a routine type person. So I still had to have my routine, but like I said, it had to be like just different and any, I just like appreciated the little things. Like honestly, even going to the end of my driveway to like watch the kids bike for 10 minutes, that was like my outing for the day. And I was so glad for that. So yeah, I think just 
I don't know. Does that make sense? Just yeah, like appreciating like the little things, I guess, along the way. I think every single person that I've spoken to has referenced returning to the little things. Totally. The common. And appreciate, like even now that I'm sitting with you, like that wouldn't have happened months ago. I mean, we're a mass, granted, but still it wouldn't have happened that we were, you know, with each other. Absolutely. So I'm grateful for that. I mean, <laughs> so what's been difficult? Like the moments that you're kind of like, can I do this? Or doubtful? Like what are those cases that have arisen for you? Um, I feel like if I think grand picture and like down the line, it's like debilitating to think of like, how long are we going to be doing this? Like, I remember when school was closed for three weeks, we thought it was like a death sentence. Like, how is school closed for three weeks? Now it's like three weeks. It's been seven months. You know, like it's luckily we're back five days. So I'm super grateful for that. But yeah, I mean, it's just if at that point I was told that this would still be going on. None of us, I feel like could function. You couldn't put one foot in front of the other. So I think it's really just taking it day by day. And every day my kids are in school and doing their activities. I'm just so grateful for it. I used to dread the carpool, the this, the back and forth. And now I'm like, I couldn't be packing a lunch. Great. Let's pack a lunch. You know, I've never been more grateful for that. I really relate to that. It's like the things we used to complain about. Totally. Once it's taken away from you, you're like, holy crap. <laughs> yeah. You're like, to pack up snacks for my kids to go learn and go somewhere. A hundred percent. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Have you been feeling, even despite a pivot, have you been feeling creative? Yeah, I have, because I think I've been connecting with more people, especially like on the social media space and like really making true, like valuable connections. So I think in that respect, it's given me the time instead of like running around crazy to people's homes and, you know, apartments and just being back and forth to different towns or the city, wherever I'm going, it's given me that opportunity to like really build on something there. I hear you. What would be one powerful intention you're setting as you go into this next phase of the marathon for a powerful intention i think to kind of still appreciate the little things like i see as more and more things open up which knock on wood they say open up and more things open up i don't want to be like running this rat race that i felt like when this happened and made everybody like fully stop and everybody had to stop in the world i was like oh my god the amount of things i was doing per day like I'd be with a client, then I'd run to a friend's apartment to change, then I'd be on take six subways downtown, head to a dinner, come home at like midnight, and then do the same thing the next day. And I felt like I love it and I love being busy. But it was like, oh my God, I was almost doing too much in a day. And then the opposite happened. And then we had to do absolutely nothing in a day. But I feel like that time, like, I don't know, it like made me like really appreciate things and kind of I don't need to do 40 things in a day. I could do 10 things in a day and like make them more meaningful. Got it. <laughs> Agreed. Thank you so much. Lisa. Thank you. This is great. Hi, my name is Marnie Levy Smith. I am a mother of four children, two biological and two bonus kids. Mm-hmm. I am a director at a day camp, a local day camp, full time, and I'm also a life coach. Love it. So, Marnie, tell us a little bit about the parts of you that are evolving and growing during this wild time. What are you proud of? What do you feel like you've gone deeper into? Tell us a little bit about that. Really good question. I am ever evolving, so it's hard to really pinpoint one thing. I am mostly proud that I get up every day and I try and make the best of every day. I live my life as fully as possible. I've taken this time over quarantine and with COVID-19 to really reflect on who I am and what my purpose is and how I parent and what I want from every day. I have good days and bad days. It is, like I said, ever evolving. What am I proud of? I am proud that I am alive. I'm proud that I work as hard as I do on being a better human. And I'm proud that I am embarking on brand new journeys at every turn. I'm proud to be a mom. I'm really proud to be a loyal wife and friend to my partner, my new partner. I'm proud that I live in this community. I'm really proud of my school district in all of this. And I'm proud to be human. <laughs> that's a great answer. Yeah, it's a, a, kind of a little convoluted, a little complicated, but good. What's been hard? 
what's been particularly vulnerable for you? In these past few months, I think all the hatred that the world is experiencing and that I see all around, I the racism and the egos and the narcissism are just really disheartening to me and sad that that's where we're at. I just am really offended and embarrassed to witness and hear some of the horrible things that are going on. That would be what I'm feeling. I feel you. What's an intention you're setting for this next phase? Hmm. I intend to continue on the path of working on myself and helping others work on themselves. I hope to raise beautiful humans. I hope to touch lives and do my part as best as possible in engaging with people and helping them to see the light and the beauty in every single day. So I intend to continue to do that. Thank you, Marty. Thank you. My name is Natalie Trobe, and I am a mom of a sixth grader and a third grader, but I also am the managing director at Badger and Winters, which is in a small ad agency in New York. Awesome. So I assume you've been working remotely. Yes. And being everything at home. Yes. Yes. So tell me about one part of yourself that has really risen to the challenge or like one part of who you are that you felt like really has either grown, elevated, or you felt been more connected during this really crazy period of time we've been living in. I mean, there's so much you know, to that question, I feel like on one hand, definitely tenacity, just like every day waking up to the different challenges that come your way and still being able to power through. I think patience for sure. It's really been tested and I'm not a naturally patient person. And also just like the ability to absorb, you know, I don't know how else to describe it, but it feels like you know, the husband, the kids, the friends, the employees, it's like everybody has their feelings. And I feel like in this time, I've just absorbed, you know, those feelings. And I feel like I have had to be the rock or the tough one when it's like, okay, well, I have my feelings too. And I feel like shit and I (laughs) don't feel so great. And I feel really defeated, but I never let that show. So, you know, I think just tough, just, you know, how tough I am emotionally. But of course I've had, you know, I feel like I'm always on the verge of either crying out of joy or crying of just like despair. I think you and everyone else. Exactly. Definitely the nature of yeah. the time. Yeah. So what's been, well, you kind of started talking about it just now. Yeah. What's been some of the challenges, if you want to elaborate on that, or if there's something else that comes to you as far as what has really, really been like the big uphill during this time for you? Yeah, I think it's just having it default like you're the default strong one you're the default one that's going to figure it out because it's almost like the feeling of if you don't figure it out who else is going to like when we couldn't go into the stores to buy food like it kind of fell on you know me and a lot of moms to be like how do we get groceries how do we get food in the house and put food on the table you know and this on top of of course you know working a a full-time job and running a company and but look I think on the positive side, through all the challenges, I never have lost kind of the ability to be grateful every day, right? It's like, yes, it's like all hell is breaking loose. The world is upside down. And at the end of the day, you look around you and who do you have? It's, I have a loving husband. I have kids that are healthy and happy for the most part. We live in this beautiful town. And I mean, what do I have to be upset about at the end of the day, no matter what happens, you know, in those little moments? Do you feel like we've kind of returned to like the simple truths of our lives during this time? I think so. I mean, I'm hoping that people have made that same realization. And if they haven't, I mean, at least I have. Yeah, that's amazing. So what is one intention that you have stepping into this? let's call it next season of this new normal. Yeah. I think it's, you know, just staying grateful. I think trying to remember that, you know, whatever's happening at this moment, no matter how hard, how painful, how stressful, or how happy, just knowing that that moment's going to pass. 
you know, it's just, I think, just accepting that and acknowledging that and just kind of knowing that nothing, no state is really permanent. So you have to show gratitude for it or you don't get too upset about it because you know it's going to pass and it's going to be fine. This too shall pass. Yeah. I really, I mean, that's been keeping me sane, you know, just kind of <laughs> keeping that perspective. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much. Of course. Hi, everyone. I'm Penny Goffman, and I am a mama of two who lives in Greenwich, Connecticut. I have an 11-year-old and an 8-year-old, and I also am the founder of a mobile fashion truck business that also has an e-com portion called Jolie Gautique. Plus, I can add on to that. Um, I do a lot of other stuff. I also work for an amazing, amazing community of working moms called Hey Mama. So I'll tell you a little bit about that soon. Awesome. So, Penny, it's been a crazy time, and we all have stories to tell, and we all know that things have been both incredibly empowering in moments and incredibly hard in moments. So I thought you could share a little bit about what you've been empowered by, what you've learned about yourself that's been really for the positive, for growth, and then a little bit about what's been Okay, so I'll start with the positive. Okay. So basically going into sort of this new world that we live in, I was evaluating my time and where to spend my time. And there were so many different facets of it from the boutique that I own and being in person at events and managing the e-commerce and growing my role at Hey Mama and the regions that I was managing. And I really didn't have time to evaluate that because when you're in the crux of just being so busy, you really just are kind of doing the motions without really reflecting and thinking through it. So one of the very positives that came out of this, and this is more on the professional, but it feeds into the personal, is that I really was able to spend a lot of time in April and May, hunkering down, really putting sort of pen to paper, really thinking, where do I want to spend my time? What am I truly passionate about? What journey do I want to go on and focus on? And it really became crystal clear through the summer. And because of that, I've made a lot of changes. I've pivoted. I've put a lot of sort of pieces into place so that I can pursue really what my true goals are without feeling like I'm running around with a head on my shoulders. And I feel really proud about that because I think that sometimes it also takes courage to make changes and to really look within. So I'm excited. I'm really excited about where I'm going professionally. On the flip side, a lot of that is also, you know, has hit hard because pivoting isn't easy. I think, you know, as a mom of two with two very active children, I've had to really, you know, pivot with them and the family and figure out where their happiness lies as well and what's true to them and how to basically serve them and support them um, during this crazy time. So I feel that one of the hardest things is trying to figure out how to be a more present mom for them. It's not a negative, but it also took reflection to also make me realize that maybe when I was going through the motions prior, I wasn't so present and to reevaluate how that's going to work and look and impact my professional life going forward. So I feel like really it all comes down to growth and finding a new journey for myself, which I think that in the end I will be grateful for. And that's kind of where we're at now. Awesome. And with an intention that you have for this next phase. So going on the heels of being more present and I think also being more mindful, I feel that even though in some ways, you know, we've gone so virtual and maybe we're a little bit more hooked on devices as Zooms and Google Meet meetings and my kids as well, I've definitely sort of been able to, one of my intentions is to really allocate my time carve it out, be much more organized about when I'm present with my children, when I make, you know, that changeover to uh, my home office and what I'm doing at that specific time to be more mindful of it. And to, in that regard, also carve out those passions and those passion projects that I want to tend to that I didn't give much time for. So it all comes back to just sort of being more present and following my true journey. That seems to be one of the gifts we can all take from this crazy time, right? Absolutely. A hundred percent. Yeah. Thank you for sharing. Thank you. 
My name is Lisa, and I am a mom that lives in Armonk. I have two little boys, so not so little, but 10 and 8. So Lisa, tell me a little bit about the, let's call them the highs of this period since COVID-19, like the things that you're proud of, you're grateful for, like your own personal achievements during this period of time. Okay. I would say what I'm most grateful for is my family being under one roof together is so special to me because my husband worked in the city and traveled back and forth to the West Coast a lot. And I'm just so super grateful for this time of no travel. And, you know, as a mom and as a fellow mom, I know that a lot falls on our shoulders, right? A ton of stuff, just keeping the household running, keeping the kids going with e-learning. It was a very challenging time, but I have to say, I have a partner that really stepped up and was there and made the time when he could. And I'm just so grateful that we can look back on this time and say that we really spent the time as a family and we played board games and we did all those things that, you know, normally we wouldn't get to do. We did puzzles together. It was just really nice. And I'm grateful that we were able to get a dog. We got a puppy and the kids are loving that. And I mean, it's new to us, but we're loving that. And I think when I look back on the quarantine, it was just for me, just riding a wave. It was up and then it was down. So it was times of, I loved it. And then it was times like everyone else that you're just their low points. What are you most proud of about yourself during this period? I am most proud of myself for really leaning into a meditation routine for myself, which I never had. I always wanted to have a routine and never was able to put the time in and commit. And throughout this quarantine, I did. And I'm very proud of nudging my husband to do the same. And it's become part of his daily life right now. And it's tremendously helped both of us in our relationship. That's amazing. Yeah. So what's been hard? Okay. What's been hard? E-learning was really difficult, and I wouldn't say any learning actually took place. I would say it was just a little bit of work, busy work. I think that was a struggle for one of my kids in particular who has anxiety. That was really difficult. Getting through some of the days, and there were times when there was no differentiation between the week and the weekend. And I thought that was a challenge. Every day, it was Groundhog's Day, blended into each other. So actually trying to make our weekend stand out and make something special happen. Like we were taking family hikes, trying to come up with things that we could do as a family together. But I think that was a super big challenge, just how to make each day not special, but just maybe make our weekend different than our week. What is one goal that you set forth going into this next season that on one hand is a continuation of what's been happening, but in some ways it is sort of the okay. new face of the challenge. So like one big goal. Okay. Yourself. One big goal is I love to cook and I'm Italian My on both sides and my husband's Jewish. So food is very important to us, food and family. Yeah. And I've been cooking a lot during the quarantine and and it's definitely brought our family together. And now that we have been able to be outside and invite friends over, like, you know, we've loosened a little bit that we can, you know, socially distance, but be with a group outside. I've done a whole bunch of like dinner parties and I really, so growing up as an Italian in an Italian house, Sunday dinner was really important to us. So Sunday dinner would be at four o'clock and it would be every Sunday. You never missed it. So it was just family and so much food and delicious food. And I learned to make it from my mom. And that is a goal of mine, just to have every Sunday be that special family time around food. I love that. Yeah. It's like, we're kind of going back to some of the most simple, beautiful basics. We are. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much, Lisa. Thanks, Randy. Hi, my name is Bren. So I'm a singer-songwriter. I had a pretty long music career, and then I had a couple kids and moved out of New York into the middle of the country and sort of got lost there for a little while and recently moved back to the city. 
and kind of moving back into my creative life. So tell me a little bit about this wild ride we've all been on, but how it's been for you. Where have you found growth? Where have you found pride in yourself? Right. Um, as well as where have been the difficulties and challenges? Well, it's actually been pretty interesting my husband's company was in the city, so that got shut down. And he had to close his office, his movement space, and basically retool and try to come up with new ways to make things work. In the meantime, I had been looking for work as a teacher. I've been teaching for several years, but I don't have a teaching degree. So I was looking at private schools. And a week before the quarantine happened in New York, I got a job teaching a school history and English. So I started the end of February <laughs> and um, had to ramp up all my U.S. history, world history and English at the same time that I figured out all the systems the school was using. And then everything went virtual a week later. So then I had to figure out all the virtual platforms. So it was staggeringly overwhelming. And then, you know, but I slowly figured it out. And it was kind of amazing to sort of grow into that job. And now I'm doing it full time. And at least something to be proud of. Yeah. And I feel really lucky to be, you know, like having a job at a time when I know a lot of people are losing their jobs. And at the same time, it also it was a really great way for my family to reconnect because my husband was gone a lot. My kids were home a lot. And then I, you know, I've been, I have a Patreon page. I've been, you know, I've been working on different offerings and music and it's, I don't know, in some ways it's been really great for us as a family. What's been hard? Well, retooling, like, you know, my husband's whole company has been hard because there's a lot of uncertainty connected to that. The kids really struggled in the spring because the school wasn't organized. And then I'm just working really, really hard. So that's been hard, but, you know, rewarding, but difficult. So the biggest good thing that happened for all of us, I think, was I told the kids that everyone had to make dinner one night a week on their own for the family. And that was magical. It became like, uh, my kids are 14 and 17. So it became sort of this like low level competition slash, you know, like coming together kind of thing. And um, it was really fun. And my younger son's really good cook. It's like kind of impressive. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, so it was good. That. It like brings together the community of family and the practices that are so creative, like cooking, as well as like the friendly competition that gets you pumped. Yeah. It's healthy. Everybody was like, what are you going to make? What are you going to make? You know, it's good. What's an intention that you're setting for this next phase that we're in? Well, right now for me, it's mostly about balance. I wanted to put out a record this year. And then when the pandemic hit, that made it really hard. So I'm trying to find creative ways to work with musicians and studios and just figure out how to kind of make that happen and sort of get my music back out into the world and stay connected in that way because it gives me a lot of energy. And I don't know, I feel like that's where my real work is, like writing and music. So that, I guess that's my intention for the year. Execution. Yeah, and that's a powerful intention because it can be um, it can be easy to make connection to that forward motion when there's so much happiness. Yeah, yeah, and have a working political system in our country too. Like that would be good. Too. That would be awesome. <laughs> you know, set my intention. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for sharing, Ben. Absolutely. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed this episode. For me, it gave me so much joy to create. I hope it gave you so much joy to listen to. Share it with friends who are also going through these tough times, these crazy times, and coming out the other side. There's nothing more powerful than knowing you are not alone, particularly as women, as mothers, as creators. We really are a community. And I hope that this episode reminded you of that fact. 
Again, share, subscribe, review, rate. Thank you for your love and support. And we'll see you next week for our next episode. Take care of you. Bye.